This is an ABC podcast. This is the problem. Take a pair of scales of the old-fashioned into one the My first university degree was in physics and mathematics, but it included absolutely nothing on any form of life, whether plant or animal. As far as I knew, the human body was filled with chunky red salsa, which would leak out when the movie hero got shot in the shoulder by the bad guys. But further down the line, I ended up studying human physiology. And I was absolutely astonished by the sophisticated engineering that exists within our bodies, such as the amazing filtering mechanisms in the kidneys. But the longer I studied the human body, the more I saw room for improvement. Take the eyes, for example. You have two of them. They're about the size of a golf ball, and lining the back of each eye is a thin layer called the retina. Now, the retina turns incoming light into electricity, which then gets processed to give you that full, glorious 3D colour vision that we love so much. It turns out that the retina is one of the most oxygen-hungry tissues in the body, so of course it needs a very rich blood supply. And where are these blood vessels located? Well, in front of the retina, inefficiently blocking the incoming light. The sensible location would be behind the retina. Now, evolution has invented the eye that works like a camera at least twice. Once for the vertebrates and once for the cephalopods like the octopi and the squid. And you guessed it, the cephalopods have the blood vessels for their retina in the sensible position behind the retina. Consider too the common condition called sinusitis. Now, a sinus is a cavity in the bone with just one single opening to the outside. So sinusitis literally means inflammation of the sinus. As a result of this inflammation, gunk can build up inside one of the several sinuses in your head. In an ideal world, this gunk would drain out through the single opening. But wait for it, in humans, the opening is near the top of the sinus, not the bottom. So the gunk just sits there and festers, and we suffer. As another example, look at the nerves that control the larynx, and therefore our ability to speak. These nerves come from the brain. Now the larynx itself is pretty close to the brain, in your neck. So how come the nerve that controls your larynx takes a long and hazardous pathway down into your chest, underneath the arch of the aorta, and then all the way back up to your larynx? You can blame that messy wiring on our early vertebrate ancestors living in the ocean, way back when a straight path from the brain to the gills zipped past the heart. Let's look at the skeleton. From an engineering point of view, the hip joint is a nice little joint. It's a ball and socket arrangement, and so it is inherently stable. But the knee joint looks like it was designed by an amateur. It's like two shallow soup bowls sliding over each other. They're held together by gaffer tape, okay, ligaments, on the left and the right, and the front and the back, and there's even a bit of gaffer tape coming straight through the middle from the top to the bottom. 
As a result, knee injuries are frighteningly common in so many sports. Then there's the immune system. The immune system is absolutely essential in protecting us from attack by external bad guys. But according to the National Institutes of Health, about 23.5 million Americans, that's about 7% of the population, suffer from some kind of autoimmune disease. Now, an autoimmune disease is one in which your immune system, instead of defending you, starts attacking you. Autoimmune diseases include myasthenia gravis, where the muscles become progressively weaker, and then the more well-known diabetes and hypothyroidism. Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune hyperthyroid disease, affects half a percent of men and about 3% of women in the USA. Now, thanks to the forensic TV shows, we've all heard of DNA testing. Turns out that about 8% of human DNA is made up of dead viruses that have tried to attack us in the past. Their dead carcasses have been in our DNA for hundreds of millions of years. They have been pointlessly passed down from our ancestors and we will pointlessly pass them on to our descendants. Now, there's a link between DNA and cancer. We humans have one copy of an anti-cancer gene called P53. But elephants have 20 copies and as a result, hardly ever get cancers. I wish we had 100 copies. I guess the lesson from all of this is that evolution does not have to be perfect, just good enough. And in any case, it's our flaws that make us wonderfully human after all. Bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. I am the Edison Polar Guard, created by the great Rosetta the New World. And one more step for man. Why is it so?